The following program is for adult audiences only. Myself walking in a room in slow motion. It's just funny as shit. Welcome to It's Not Just Me podcast. I'm your host, KJ Bryant. Today we're going to talk about 50 Cent. He was on The Hollywood Reporter and he spoke about one hit wonder culture and social media today and um, we're going to analyze what he was saying and I'm going to compare it to something that I just saw in Dr. Phil not too long ago, which makes it all make sense. Also, the governor of California signs a new law that allows college athletes to make money off of their likeness. Um, Damian Lillard and Shaq had a rap beef and who would have thought that Damian Lillard could rap his fucking ass off? I'm going to get into that a little bit later. And we got a couple other things, including Burn Notice of the Week with new music from Travis Scott. Um, Chris Brown re-releases an already put out album with 10 new songs and Summer Walker drops her debut album over it and that shit is crazy. So actually, um, we're going to kick the show off to start with, with... A new song from Summer Walker, which is going to be my Burn Notice selection for today. And it's actually a remake of a classic song. And she actually got Usher on it. So it's like a You Make Me Wanna kind of remake. But London like flipped it and this shit's crazy. So it's called Come Through. So this is Summer Walker featuring Usher. Come Through. You're listening to It's Not Just Me podcast. And this is... Burn notice. Let's get it. We got London on the track. I should have known better. Can't even pretend like I don't want it again. On a brain all the time. Thinking about the things that we did. You did something. Cause she liked it. Listen, I definitely think this one right here is a hit. And one of the reasons why I gravitated to it more, I mean, this part of it obviously is because the familiarity of it. It, I know that it's the You Make Me Wanna remake, right? And I see the Ushers featured on it, so I'm already drawn into it. But for Summer Walker, I automatically expected that all the records were going to have that different sound that she had and, and and not that it was a bad sound but I was like a lot of girls right now are trying to mimic I think that Summer Walker sound and I wanted her to kill something like this where she's showing more of her full voice like I think you could really hear more tones of her full voice in this record and it gives you a different um opinion of her when it comes to who's the dopest out there. Cause I mean, I've been fucking with Summer Walker for a minute. I mean, I picked her as an artist to watch real early, but um, just listen to what I'm talking about. Let's 
You know what I'm saying? Like she didn't whisper her way through this song, which not not that I don't like it when she does that. When she does that, she kills it and she's dope with it. But I felt like that, you know, she needed something that was gonna really stand out and 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 and, and really pop off with that different that different, you know what I'm saying, um, tone of voice. Like just really using her full voice is what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? I'm I'm rambling on right now, but y'all know what I'm talking about. But there were some other dope records on here like um Drunk dialing. I really liked how this shit started out. It's D thirty four, and I don't need no more. You can call it what you want, but I'ma call it dumb. Too much looking on to make you call a nigga, and I didn't have too much. Which is giving me excuses to make me think I want you when I don't, and I don't. That shit was dope. She had this other one. Um, this other joint she got with Bryson Tiller. That shit is fire, but it's so fire that it pisses you off when you get to the end of it because you want it to be a longer song. And I feel like that after Bryson went off, there was supposed to be more of the song. But um, it's called Playing Games. Web body. Got it, job on it. Did I ever ask you to take me to go shopping in Perry or go sailing overseas and just drape me in Gucci? No, all I ever asked was you to pick up the phone when you alone. All I ever asked was you to show me some love, kisses, and hugs. No, I never had an issue. Go to the club with your boys, baby. I never wanted you to stay too long. Just Alright, so that was playing games from Summer Walker. So yeah, I mean, overall, I listened to the whole album when I was on the flight here to LA. Oh yeah, so I came I came through here to work on some songs for a couple of my homeboys or whatever. So right now, I'm posted up in an Airbnb, but I wanted to make sure that I was able to do the episode and still be able to do some podcasting while I was out here. And plus, I've been trying to get together the ultimate mobile setup, so it made sense for me to do a couple episodes while I was out here. So... There it is. Um, other than Summer Walker, Chris Brown re-released the Indigo album. He put out an extended version of it with 10 new songs. That had to make it 42 songs in total. So it kind of follows the blueprint from his last album where he had quite a bit of songs on there. And, and he was able to cover a lot of ground with that. So it made complete sense. Um some of the new songs on there, Tory Lanez, Tell Me How You Feel. I listened to that. That joint was all right. There was this one joint with this um, international artist, DeVito. I've never actually heard of him before I heard this song, Lower Body. I know I'm probably definitely late, but it is what it is. But that shit was hot. Um, he had another joint with Danny Lay called Elsewhere. I really like Chris Brown and Danny Lay records together. That Easy record is by far one of my favorite records that came out this past year. Um, and I like this elsewhere too. I mean, it's not necessarily easy, but I could tell that they probably got another one in the tuck and that one is out of there. So I hope that we see that in the future. Travis Scott dropped a new single called highest in the room. That shit was hot. Um, I mean, it, it was, it was a typical Travis Scott song. I mean, I'm, it was, it was all right. It's not, uh, it's, it's not, it, it, they were giving it a lot of attention coming into it. 
I think that because it's Travis Scott, you know, we're going to look at it a certain way, but the record is dope. The video was okay. It was, it was good production volume, but you know, it, 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 it was very Travis Scott is what I could say. So with that being said, anything that you think is average about the record or the, or, or the video itself, the average parts fit into a bigger hole, which makes it Travis. So I get why it works, but you know, I thought that by far this weekend, if you wanted to pay attention to anybody who dropped music, it has to be this summer Walker album over it. But enough with that 50 cent was on the Hollywood reporter and he was talking about one hit wonder culture. And I'm not really going to dive into deep about debating that because I completely agree with what he said in the interview. It's just funny because I was going through the channels while I was in a hotel waiting to go to the airport to fly out here. And I stumbled upon an episode of Dr. Phil and I'm going to make these two things tie together. Just listen to this clip from 50 cent first. And then I'll let you know what I'm talking about. Check it out. Hip hop is, is youth connected. They have a low attention span. You're going to see way more artists come and have one hit and, and disappear now because of how we're consuming music. They meet the audience before they meet the record companies and because they're not getting bumped around as much as we was getting bumped around before you got your shot, they're going to take off and be on the road running around and having the time of their life before they're preconditioned to write music and then when they come back and slow down, they're not going to be able to write a hit record to save their life. Now, obviously I agree with that. Like, that makes complete and total sense. So... The crazy thing is that I'd seen that and then maybe like a day later, that's when I was in the hotel room and I'm flipping through and I and I land on Dr. Phil. And it's one of those little cutscene sections where they're like showing you what the next segment of the show is going to be about. And I see these two Spanish ladies talking about how their daughter, one of them it was their daughter, the other one was the sister, so it was the niece. Um, she turned down a full-ride scholarship to a four-year private university because she wants to be a rapper. And her name is Telly Zelly. Now, I had never heard of Telly Zelly before, but obviously a bunch of people apparently have because she had a video go viral. Oh, shit. All right. Had my alarm going off. All right. So she had a video go viral to over 5 million views in just a couple days. The shoulder getting a tattoo over her eye that said, suck my dick. All right. <laughs> so her brother, who's also happens to be her manager, is the tattoo artist that did it. And she basically made a video getting this tattoo done and a hell of people looked at it. Now, she ends up on Dr. Phil talking about she wants to be a rapper and it's her passion and she wants to follow her dreams and blah, blah, blah. And of course, her parents are like, fuck that. We don't want you to do that. And Dr. Phil's like, well, you guys are enabling her, blah, 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 blah. And then he says, um, you should be able to follow your dreams as much as you can afford them. And, I, and it was a kind of a flawed logic that he was giving to her. But I get why people would argue against what I'm going to say. Now, a couple years ago, there was this young little white girl that was bad. And she was getting in trouble. And she went on Dr. Phil. And her name was... Danielle Brigoli. And she just happened to have a little phrase 
that went viral on the internet. And then later on, she turned into a rapper named Bad Baby, signs a huge deal with Atlantic Records, puts out all these songs, blah, 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 blah. Now, we all know that she was never a rapper. Like, like I, I would never believe a story that said that she grew up and wanted to be a recording artist. That, that wouldn't make any sense to me. We all know that the record company has people that are writing songs and producing songs and just giving them to her. And because she's popular, she can make those songs sell. And it makes sense, completely understand that. So now when I'm looking at this Telly Zelly chick, who also went on Dr. Phil, then it makes all what 50 Cent was saying make even more sense right now because it's like, this girl has met the audience already and obviously they respond to her antics so I wondered, would they respond to her music? Knowing that even if she sucked really bad, there's always a way for people to step in and make you sound better. There's writers that can write the song for you. There's producers that can produce the song for you. The writers that write it, they're cutting the reference. They're telling you exactly how to say it. They're in the, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's very easy to create a sound for a person as long as they have a built-in audience. But then I went to go look for her music and I walked into it expecting to hear a certain thing. And I was kind of surprised. Like, check this shit out. This shit is called OMD. I'm assuming that that means on my dick or something since she got suck my dick on her or tattooed across her eye. But we're going to see. So ch check it out. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah,
LeBron will talk about it right here. This is the number one reason why we've created this platform. <laughs> to be able to have moments like this where we got the governor of California <laughs> signing a bill to allow athletes in college. Let's do it, man. All right. So, Governor Gavin Newsom sent a major message to the NCAA when he signed into law California's Fair Pay to Play Act. Um, Friday, September 27th on the shop, as I said before. And this um, law basically gives college athletes the ability to reasonably and fairly be paid for the use of their own name and likeness in the state of California. Now, what this means is that it doesn't mean that the NCAA has to pay the athletes. And it doesn't mean that the colleges themselves have to pay the athletes. What it means is that the athletes are now able to make money off the fact that they are athletes and who they are within the state of California. And I, I guess this means that athletes should be able to create their own merch, maybe monetize um, content, like YouTube channels. Like I know that there was a lawsuit going on with, uh, I think it was a football player who had a problem with his NCAA um, eligibility, I believe, because he had a monetized YouTube channel that he was making money off of, and the NCAA wanted him to shut it down. He didn't want to shut it down. It was this whole big thing, but I believe that things like that would fall under the purview of this new law. I mean, they were pretty vague about what it all actually meant, but, um, but the reason why Gavin Newsom felt that this was so important, he'll talk about in this clip right here. They're, they're, they're a little panicked because they recognize they're vulnerable. People are hitting this, not just in California, but all across the country because the gig's up. Billions and billions of dollars, 14 plus billion dollars goes to these universities, goes to these colleges, billion plus revenue to the NC2A themselves. And the actual product, the folks that are putting their lives on the line, putting everything on the line, uh, are getting nothing. You can only imagine of how course. they're responding to this notion of name, image, likeness, and the opportunity now to do what every other student in the university can legally oh, absolutely. do. And absolutely. it's the interesting fact, LeBron, the only people that sign away their right, the only group that signs away their right are athletes. Yeah, so that's what he said right there. And it's funny because when I was in high school, I had this um, presentation that I had to do. And we had to pick one side of an argument and persuade the rest of the class and the other side you know, to to choose our side and vice versa. And the one that I had was about athletes being able to get paid. And this was one of the arguments that I made. Like, look, like, if athletes can't make money directly from the school or directly from the NCAA, then why shouldn't they be able to make money themselves? Like, why shouldn't an athlete be able to take an endorsement deal of his own? Why does he have to wear what the college says that he has to wear, but the college is making money off of that. So, I mean, I believe that there's going to be some interesting little moves that we're going to start seeing now with college players moving into um, the future just because I, I'm still confused about how a college athlete will be able to keep his amateur status in the state of California based on this law. And I think that's the part that hasn't been laid out exactly as clear as we would like it to be. So I'm going to keep following that and I'll bring you information as I get it. So, um, so next keeping on sports or will I, 
Um, Shaq and Damian Lillard have been having a rap beef. And all right, so I'd heard that Damian Lillard was a rapper. And I never ran to go listen to a Damian Lillard song. And and it's not because <clears throat> I automatically thought Damian Lillard was going to be trash. It was just that I would never think to run to listen to a rap song from Damian Lillard because I already know him as a great basketball player. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is what I know him as. So if I'm thinking about watching an NBA game and I know that the Portland Trailblazers are on, then I know I'm going to watch Damian Lillard. You see what I'm saying? But when I think about I'm going to go listen to a song when I get in the car and get ready to pull off, or I'm going to go listen to a song when I'm like chilling, you know, at my office or, or just plugged into my headphone, just vibing out. Damian Lillard doesn't cross your mind, but it did this past week because he was on the Joe Budden podcast and he was talking to Maul and he, he asked him a question about like whether he was better than Shaq or something like that as far as rapping. And of course, Damian Lillard said that he was better than Shaq. He thinks he's the best rapper that is an NBA player that people didn't really take Shaq seriously. And Shaq, I guess, took offense to it and put a little diss song on him. Now this little diss song is terrible quality. I'm, I'm just going to play just a little tiny bit of it just for reference sake, but it's like a horrible mix. And I mean, it's Shaq, almost 50 years old, you know, rapping over an instrumental. So, here we go. You think you got better music than Shaq? I think I rap better than Shaq. People wasn't looking at it like this is a real rapper. It was like that Shaq rapping. <sighs> That's Dame rap. The daddy has to come out of retirement and spank one of these undisciplined children. Now it's time to be disciplined. It's time to pull up that belt. And we were a little ass. Here we go. Yo, yeah, what's wrong with these little cats? I can tell they little listen to their little raps. Always bragging about their little max contract. Damn got a little money when it comes to Shaq. You see this flow, got a little Hall of Fame on it. Game shoot jumpers. Shaq still banged on it. Are you kidding me? Literally, not physically, mentally, vividly seen it before you might give it to. Alright, so as you can see, yeah, so Shaq did his whole thing like that. Now People talked about it, of course. Everyone had something to say about it, including like Stephen A. Smith and um, and um, what is Shannon Sharp and you know like just different people. Everyone had something to say about it, just like I have something to say about it right now. But for some reason, the narrative that was funny was that everyone was saying that Shaq beat Damian Lillard, and when I listen. To all right, hold on, let's go back. So, Dame dropped this song right here. Dollar, he say the goat. I come for his body, plant him because he bought the copies. Should have just passed me the torch. I got no remorse. I beat him like Rocky. I fill the tank up with diesel. You jealous of me and I see you. Cause on this day, originals just can't fuck with this sequel. I'm new school, got new hits. Space Jam, not blue chips. Hangman, yo shoe shit. Dame six, I'm too lit. Big name, got big brand, but you corny. 
Get bags, get purchased. Every time you get horny, then they repo. Love you when you was in beast mode. Loki thought you was a cheat code. Know that you shoot for the cheap hoes. Shoot any work like your free throws. Know you see my pockets deep, so you flexing ain't really a thing, bro. Now, I heard this shit, and I was like, what the fuck? I didn't know that Damian Lillard could actually fucking rap and shit, yo. So... That's that's the first joint that he dropped. Then he said some old crazy disrespectful shit all throughout that joint. But then everyone was trying to say that Shaq beat him with that other shit that he put out. So this nigga dropped another one and he's still flaming on him. So check this out. Skip Bayless and all these sports people talking about championships and basketball. This this is rap. Y'all out y'all jurisdiction. You can't save them. Dollar, uh, he easy work and he know it, but fans ride you. I know you know when niggas really love you, they lie too. And it hit different when pressure really apply, fool. Goofy cutting checks and his BM sponsoring side dudes. I can walk away and not lose a second of sleep. Ran up on a wolf cause I got the texture of sheep. Classy with my bullshit, I profess a lesson in beef. Paying cash to write is deceased or pay for relief. Use a cloud chaser, even after all the success. Fake love on the camera, he capping all at the desk. Ghost riders on deck, checker bars, no chest. Helen from the land of the muscle cars. No flex, you not a rapper. You comedy, commentary, and actor. Feed them with a slingshot, you better call the pastor. Yeah, so Dame came back with that. Um, I don't think Shaq's gonna drop another record. I don't even really think Shaq took this thing serious. But I think it was great that Damian Lillard took this opportunity while everybody was paying attention to to basically make us say the same thing I'm saying right now. Like, damn, I didn't know that that nigga could rap. So if he were to put out an actual song song, I might go listen to it now that I know that, you know, that he's not just another NBA nigga trying to rap. You know what I mean? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he's nice for real. So I'm going to give him that. All right, so I caught the newest episode of Power earlier this morning, and it, it was definitely a good one. So it starts out with Ghost wakes the nigga Tariq up with a gun in his face and shit. So he wakes the nigga up, puts the gun in his face. Tariq's like, fuck all this scared straight bullshit. You ain't gonna shoot me, blah, blah, blah. The nigga Ghost run down the story that he would tell the police. Like, you know, my son hasn't been the same ever since his sister got killed, blah, 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 blah. Like, really try to put the fear on him and shit to get him to tell him the truth about all this bullshit he's been up to. And, of course, he gives him some of the truth, but not all of it. But Ghost thinks that he got all the way through. So him and Tasha get to arguing about the whole shit to listening to it. But basically, the main rule is that he's not supposed to fuck with Tommy no more. Like, Tommy's supposed to be off-limits. And, of course, the nigga Tariq says, yeah, but he goes to see Tommy anyways. Now, when he goes to see Tommy, fucking um, Keisha's there. And Keisha, like, nah, fuck that, because she had just been at the warehouse, and it happened to be some drugs missing. And, mind you, Keisha and Tommy don't actually know that Tariq had been stealing the drugs out of the warehouse and shit. You know what I'm saying? Remember, he lied to Tommy and told him that all that shit was left over from the nigga Kanan. So, fucking, um, that shit happened. She gets into a beef with the nigga too bit. She's like, I'm gonna tell Tommy on all you niggas, blah, blah, blah. And then when she goes back to the crib, Tariq says something about Brooklyn. This sparks off in her mind. So now when Tommy get back home, she arguing with that nigga. Now he goes see Tariq and shake him down. Oh, and mind you, Ghost robbed the nigga Tariq earlier in the episode. He took him, made him take him to his stash. When he got all his cash, made him rob him and shit, right? So... 
Now, the nigga Tariq out there, he ain't got no drugs. He ain't got no money. Everybody knows what's going on. The nigga Tommy dangling him over a roof. All this shit happens throughout this whole episode, right? But he ends up being able to shake down the nigga Dre and get a brick. And then Tasha makes the move that seems like it's unexpected. And it's mad moms out there probably trying to drag her on the internet or whenever y'all see this. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen the episode. Because if you haven't seen the episode, I don't give a fuck about the spoiler alert. It is what it is. It, it says so in the show notes. You should not have clicked on this if you didn't see the fucking episode yet. But Tasha makes a move that is so Tasha that it's crazy that we didn't see this as a possible, you know, route in the first place. Because she sits the nigga Tariq down and says, look... I know that no matter what, you're going to do what the fuck you're going to do. And you're just like your father. So no matter what, you're going to figure out a way to do it. And I don't want to lose another son, another child, because I already lost, you know, her daughter. So she says, she, I don't want you to get killed out here because you don't know how to do it the right way. And then looks him in his eyes and tells him, you can be better than Ghost ever was. If you fully commit to the street life and the legit life. And Tasha basically agrees with Tariq to teach him the game. Now, I think this is ill and this is crazy and shit. You know what I'm saying? And then it gives me, like, makes me start wondering about what Power Book 2 really is going to be about. And what characters are going to actually carry over into power book two because we know that it's called ghost so it's like is ghost gonna be there is this gonna be it we know it's not a prequel i mean there is gonna be a prequel which is the canaan story i know we know that that's probably one of the spinoffs that's happening but we know that power book two is not a prequel because 50s already said that it starts 48 hours after whatever happens in the season finale of power right now so I don't know. It's it got a nigga wondering, definitely. So, after watching Power, of course, I thought about Empire. And it's like, you know, you could see where Power is going to have all their spinoffs and, and all their extensions and different places where they're going to go in the Stars Network. But you wonder, what is life going to be like after Empire for some of these Empire characters. And obviously I'm not talking about Taraji or Terrence Howard or Gabourey Sidibe or like any of these type of characters like that because we already know they're going to be in big roles in the future. But I'm more so talking about the musical characters on the show. Like, you know, Jussie, um, you know, the character that plays Hakeem, Yaz, and Soraya. Now, a year ago... I would have told you that Jussie, you know what I'm saying, would have been the fuck out of here. But then he became Juicy Smoulier, the French actor, Dave Chappelle said, you know what I'm saying? And and you know what he did. And now, obviously, it doesn't look the same for him anymore. I mean, I would have said that he would have had no problem transitioning from being a TV show singer to a real singer. Now, the nigga Hakeem... Um, played by Yaz, I mean, he had a deal before the show, so he might be good afterwards, but the problem is, is that I don't know 
how well he can separate Yaz from Hakeem while still retaining the same fan base, right? But the the artist that I really am paying attention to is really Soraya because I've listened to some of Soraya's songs when they're just Soraya and not Tiana, like not from like the Empire soundtrack or the Empire cast when you look it up on Spotify. Um, and for some reason, I seem to always like Tiana's songs more than I like Soraya's songs. And it almost asked me to where it's like, once the show's over with, I think it, it would it make sense for her to try to stick with some of the same writers and producers that she's working with on the show right now because I feel like that, and, and unless, of course, that's not really her. I mean, I don't really know her. I've never really seen an interview and, 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 ha- and had someone talk to her and she spoke to who she really was as a person. So maybe I'm getting this all wrong and that, you know, the music that Tiana does on the show, she would never sing in real life. But I'm just saying that when I listen to it compared to a record that's a hit right now, it makes me think that I'm not crazy to say that I think Soraya could actually compete with the real artists out there right now. I just think her music has to still keep sounding like Tiana's. But I'm going to play you a couple songs so you can see the comparison that I'm making. So first, I'm going to play this song called... um, Alright, I'm going to play this song called... Four Pages from Soraya. This is a song that she put out on her own, not through the show. song that Soraya put out. I like that song. I thought that song was dope. You see what I'm saying? But I also know that that song hasn't caught on the way that I think it should catch on just because I like it. There's always those songs like that where I'll go through Spotify and a lot of songs that I have on my playlist are not songs that are really killing the radio or songs that are really getting that attention, but they're all dope songs just like that song was right there. Now, I'm going to play another song that is a Tiana song. And this song is called Aces High. And then after that, I'm going to play a song that's out right now from a real artist that's a hit record. And you'll hear the similarities that I'm trying to point out. So here's Aces High. Give me a second.
All right, so that was one of the songs that she had through the show. Now, I'm going to play this next song called Motivation from Normani, who I think is one of the breakout artists of this year. And if you listen to the similarities and you look at the type of things that Normani does, she can dance, you know what I'm saying? Um, she already had previous exposure by being in the group um, with Camila Cabela and them, whatever, um, what was the Fifth Harmony, the group that they were in. Um, Soraya, um, obviously as Tiana, already has previous exposure from being on TV. But listen to the type of record based on what I just played Ace is High. Now listen to Motivation that we already know is a hit record. listen to you know what i'm saying they're they're literally two songs that sound like they fit the same pocket so i'm just saying that i definitely think that soraya could translate over i just don't know whether she's gonna want to translate over the way that makes the most sense at least for her to get out there first and i feel her because like i said i don't know her nor do I know how she feels about the music that she's been performing on the show. If that music is the complete opposite of who she is as a person, then I can completely understand why she's not going to put out music that sounds like that. But if that isn't the case, what I'm saying is that by continuing to be Tiana, she could definitely put herself in the conversation, you know what I mean, when the show's over with. So it'd just be interesting to see what life after Empire looks like for some of their beloved characters. So um, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. But um, if you guys want to join in on the conversation, you can always hit us on Twitter at it not just it's not just me pod on Twitter. Um, on Facebook, we have a Facebook group called It's Not Just Me Podcast. You can post different um, topics in there, or you can talk about um, comments on things that we've already spoke about, and we'll somehow integrate them back into the show. So to close it out, I'm going to play one more Burn Notice selection, and that is going to be a record called Exhale. It's from... Um, Shamika Marie and Melody Campo together they are AM and PM they put out a project called AM PM volume one that shit is dope you got to go stream it this is a record called exhale and this is it's not just me podcast I'm out of here
what you want.